Hey, today we're helping you to plan your training business year for 2020. But it's not just the end of a year. This January is very special. It's the start of a whole new decade. Hard to believe. So today, let's think very big picture. Very, very big picture. Not just where do you want to be this time next year, but where do you want to be this time in 10 years' time? Because the groundwork we set for next year is really going to get us towards or away from the place you want to be in 10 years from now. The next 10 years starts in less than 30 days. Are you ready? This is episode 64 of the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Garrett Hayes, and this is the show for you, for training business owners all around the world. If you're someone who is in the training business, or perhaps you're someone thinking of joining the training business, of starting your own training business, you're in the right place. The premise or goal of the show in every episode of the show is to help you to start to grow and to scale your training business profitably. I think it's worth underlining that. And the reason I say that is because my domain name, trainingbusiness.com, well, the hint's in the last word, which is business. It's not about models or concepts as much as practical advice. And that's really what I hope to bring to you every single episode of the show, whether it's through a guest or whether it's just you and I, as is the case today. Now, uh, today is all about planning for 2020. We carried out this exercise last December in episode 20 of the podcast. Some people perform this twice a year. Some people do it with their team. Some people do it on their own. It doesn't really matter. As long as you have agreement on what things you want to measure for the year ahead. So to do that, we're going to look at four headings, four goals, four areas of goals. And the first one is revenue goals. The next is marketing goals, then relationship goals, and lastly, investment goals. But before we go into each of those headings or goals, I want to look back on 2019. We call this the retrospective. It's important we look back on the year just past or the year coming to a close before we look at the year ahead. Does that make sense? Okay, so asking yourself these questions in no particular order, you might want to grab a pen and paper and sit down and think about this or even listen to the episode a few times. That's okay. So first of all, ask yourself, what worked well this year? Focus on the positive. What worked well? Did you win new clients? Did you expand your team, hire new people? Uh, Which of those goals were the goals which you mapped out at the beginning of this year and are goals which you can conclusively say you are the goals you plan to achieve and you can now say you have achieved them. Now, sometimes things intervene. Happy coincidences arise. You might have some coincidence or some happenstance where something you did not think would happen actually has succeeded. On the other hand, perhaps there were things you thought would succeed but haven't succeeded. And you know what? That's perfectly normal. But here's the thing. Which of those goals are the goals you had at the beginning of this year and are goals which you can now honestly say have come to fruition? Because that's a big thing for me. Why? Because if you realize which goals were realistic this year, you can roll them out or do them again 
next year. Where did business come from for you and your training business this year? Was it as a, uh, by virtue of online sales, networking, referrals? Are these paying off? Uh, did you generate leads from, you know, giving talks, from conferences, from workshops, from referrals, or maybe you did some kind of online stuff like, you know, webinars or some kind of Google ads or Facebook ads. Which of those things are working? How do you know? How are you measuring them? What are you measuring them against? Can you honestly say it's worth repeating them again next year? Something which has cropped up again and again for me this year, personally speaking, is the power of referral. And back in episode seven of the podcast, Andy Lopata, who is a Financial Times Press published author in his book Recommended, tells you all about how to use referrals to get in the door of new clients. And Alan Weiss, last week in episode 63, said exactly the same thing. Over many, many, many years as a consultant, the one thing which always succeeds for him when done properly is using happy current clients to get in the door of potential future clients. In other words, using the contact, the relationship, the successful relationship you have now to leverage that success and get in the door of new clients. Always more successful than marketing cold to people you don't know. So using the relationships you have, successful relationships with people who are your clients and using their introductions to refer you, not just recommend you, but to refer you positively, actively to people just like them who can say yes to you and your training business. Big tip for me in 2019, and it's something I'm going to focus on uh, zealously in 2020. Now, we won't go into too, too much into competition, but what was the competitive landscape like for you in 2020? Was it harder? Was it easier? Could you learn from your competition, not just fear your competition? Could you study your competition and say, what are they doing that I could do and not just do the same, but do better, do differently? Which clients, looking back this year, gave you the most business? Were they local? Were they national? Were they international? Can you afford to keep doing business with them? Because sometimes, you know, some clients, they're more effort than they're worth. And sometimes you've got to let go of particular clients in order to grow your next generation of clients. And that's something which I learned the hard way is that sometimes you realize, you know what, some people are holding you back. Okay, they're paying bills, they're making money for you, or rather you're making money from them. But sometimes it comes at a price and it's not really worth paying that price. So can you let particular clients go in order to grow and improve your client database? It is a big, brave decision, isn't it? To say bye-bye to particular people, but sometimes it's actually worth doing because it clears your head. You're happier, you're more successful doing that. Can you afford that? And is it something you might want to give some thought to now before you go into 2020, before you carry those clients with you again into the next business year? Is it time maybe to, to evaluate things and maybe let go of a few people to free up valuable time, yours and your teams, to bring a new, positive, highly profitable, more profitable clients? Ask yourself that. Now, one more question for you. What were the top lessons for you in 2019? Can you think of three, even just three things you learned from 2019, things you will stop doing, perhaps things you'll continue doing, or maybe something you will start doing? I like those three headings. Think of them like traffic lights, green, things you'll start to do, things which are amber or orange are things you will continue doing and things which you've not yet done, but you realize will work well or could work well or have worked well in a small way. 
and you want to really go into those in a big way in 2020. Let's give those the color green. Traffic light system, what were the three things you took away from 2019? Now, if I said to you, you have to commit to one thing, just one thing for 2020. It could be new, it could be different, it could be something you're doing currently, but just one thing. What could you focus on? Focus, F-O-C-U-S, stands for follow one course until success. So if you could focus on one thing right now for 2020, what would that look like for you and why? How have you come to that decision? But just one thing sometimes, focusing on one thing rather than seven or eight things can make a difference. And I know in the past, I've been highly distracted by, you know, a bit of this and a bit of that. I'm focusing on Instagram and I'm looking at Facebook and then I've got Twitter going on. I'm thinking, hang on a sec. I feel spread. I feel like I'm, you know, spending money here and time here. What if I could focus on one thing? What would that one thing be for me? Master that, follow one course until success. So then with confidence, you can say, hey, I've got that. I I now know how to improve this, or I could hand this off to someone else and try another channel of promotion. One more question before we leave the retrospective today and go into our four main headings. Can you honestly say you love what you do? Can you honestly say you love what you do? Big question, because we're talking about another decade now. Can you and do you want to give this another five years or 10 years of your life? If you can honestly say you are privileged to train, to coach, to consult with people, it gives you more than just money. It gives you a buzz. It gives you validation. It gives you you know, a sense of passion. Then I think you're on the right track. Maybe you're not yet in training. Maybe you're in the corporate world. You're thinking of your own training business. Why not? Why not? Because they say the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is now. So let's start. Let's now look at the four headings today to help you to evaluate under four headings, surprisingly, your past business year in the training business. So four things today. One, what are your revenue goals? Okay, revenue goals. You you had revenue goals for 2019. Now let's project those forward into 2020. And we'll look at revenue goals under two headings. On the one hand, we want to increase profits, but also to reduce costs. So a couple of ideas here. Can you add new products or courses to your portfolio? Can you replace those which are not selling? Are you confident you know which ones are not selling? How are you tracking sales? That's profits. So can you find ways to add new products, increase profits, try new things, expand channels? How can you know and approach those safely without risking the business? Can you try new things and increase profits by trying new products, new sources of income? Number two, can you reduce costs? Are there things which you feel you can let go of this year? You can improve them. You can eliminate them. Can you and your team, for example, work remotely? Do you actually have to have an office? Um, Do you have to have certain people on your payroll? Um, Can you afford maybe to work remotely? Uh, Use some kind of shared office facility? Um, Have you current suppliers whose contracts you could reassess? You know, when it comes to things like business cards, I could use a local printer. There are reasons to do that. Or I could use Moo.com and have those business cards sent to me directly. Do you even need business cards? There are people out there who will tell you actually business cards are kind of dying out in terms of popularity. So are there ways to cut corners, to cut costs without cutting your business, without cutting quality? Can you use sites? Can you use sites like FreshBooks? for your accounting, HubSpot for your marketing, Proposify 
for your business proposals? Can you take advantage of online banking to lower fees? That's something I'm going to look at in 2020 because I'm I'm certainly not happy with the fees I'm being charged right now. And I think there are ways to take advantage of online banks to lower fees or to eliminate them completely. Can you identify a financial advisor and review numbers with someone like that? So there are your revenue goals for 2020. Are there ways to increase your profits by adding new profit streams, new products, new, new channels, new ways of, of making money, giving talks, workshops? And are there ways to reduce costs based upon current outgoings? There must be ways you can actually save money and make money at the same time. Okay, number two, which are your marketing goals for 2020? Two areas to this as well, online and offline. We actually need both. So online, do you have any public speaking gigs, gigs, I should say? Are you currently, you know, turning up at a venue? Maybe you're a member of some kind of club or association, a, a local chamber of commerce, a rotary club. There are all kinds of organizations out there looking for public speakers, people who can hold their audience's attention, entertain them, and educate them. Hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands of associations nationwide in all kinds of areas. Some of them, admittedly, are irrelevant to you. Others are relevant to you. What are they? And how could you approach those people and give a talk, 45 minutes, an hour, two hours, in such a way that they want more of you? Maybe they want your program, the full day, the full workshop. But you often have to get in front of people to give them a taster of what it's like to have you in person. Because you can do any amount of marketing online, but when people have you in the room and they can see you in action, see the real you, not just the you on camera, you know, or the you on a page, on a web page, but they can hear you, interact with you, they're often more likely to buy you than would be the case if they didn't actually have any interaction with you face to face. In episode six of the podcast, Katie Caselli, we talked to her back then, told us all about how she uses public speaking to attract new clients. And in episode 63 recently, Alan Weiss, who's the author of Million Dollar Consulting, tells you the importance of networking because often that's where your natural audience is. So ask people you're currently doing business, where do you go to conferences? Where can I find people just like you? And can you introduce me to people just like you? Because often giving people a taste in a, in a kind of a safe environment like public speaking is a great way to open a conversation and get in the door of organizations who perhaps would not or could not differentiate you from anyone else until they actually hear you and see you in the flesh. That's the offline side of things. The next thing in terms of marketing goals is your online side of things. Are you currently using Facebook ads? Do you have a YouTube channel? How are you with Instagram? Uh, are you familiar with programs like HubSpot? Do you use some kind of CRM like Salesforce? Um, there are loads of you know platforms out there. Are you any good at any of them? Or can you find people out there who can help you with those platforms? I'm thinking of saying, for example, things I've learned this year from Google. Google has a free academy to help people learn how to use Google Ads. And uh, HubSpot also have an academy helping people with inbound and outbound marketing. So that's something you might want to look at as well. There are loads of resources out there giving you education, helping you to learn about things like offline and online marketing. So find those academies, sign up and educate yourself. And that's something we'll talk about before we end today's episode, which is the importance of investing in your own knowledge. Readers are leaders. 
leaders are readers. You've got to be reading, studying to improve yourself because you're actually improving the product, which is the stuff between your ears. That's what makes you different. That's exactly what makes you stand out, what makes you valuable. So when it comes to online, there might be stuff you can learn to do with Google ads, Facebook ads, online marketing, thanks to the free academies of resources I've mentioned, HubSpot, Google, and so on. Or sometimes you might choose just to bring in outside help. So for example, I will use particular platforms to find um, freelancers who can help me remotely in those things. They don't have to be employed by me, but I can find people like them online and they can log into my website and help me with particular things, specifically uh, Google ads and, and online marketing. Here's a bit of interesting news. One of the people I would listen to if I were ever focused on driving traffic to a website, it's a guy called Neil Patel. And Neil Patel will be the guest on this show in episode 68 of the podcast uh, in the first week in January. So Neil has advised organizations like Amazon. Um, According to Inc. magazine, Neil was named as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under the age of 30 by former President Barack Obama back when uh, Barack Obama was president of the US. And Neil Patel has a huge following in terms of his expertise in online advertising. So that's an episode I would listen to in January in 2020, the first episode of the year. That's going to be a big one. Okay, so that's the kind of question or questions to ask yourself when it comes to marketing. What are your offline goals? What are your online goals? Offline being things like public speaking, maybe blogging, giving workshops, generating interest through, you know, content, your intellectual property. Maybe some people would listening to this would, would like to be eligible for an award next year. So maybe that's part of your marketing mix, which is to, to, to generate publicity by virtue of being eligible or winning an award. And then the online stuff I talked about is all the kind of stuff to do with, you know, HubSpot, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook ads, etc. Not necessarily my area of expertise, but I do know people out there who are experts. And those are the kinds of people I'm bringing to you on the show. Neil Patel, of course, being the first episode of 2020. Okay, next, relationship goals. Two parts to this as well. First of all, your existing relationships. Can you move those relationships to a new level? Have you currently great testimonials or case studies? Um, are they on your website? How can you move from being a, you know, a provider of training to being a training advisor? And that's something that uh, Matt Dixon co-author of The Challenger Sale, talked to us about back in episode 62. Can you actually hold a strategic conversation? Are there problems that your training business clients have which they think you cannot solve? It's amazing how many times people will not raise a particular subject with you because they don't think you can help, but they don't know you can help because you haven't told them you can. So sometimes you've got to just show curiosity and ask really good open-ended questions and ask with curiosity because you never know how someone says, oh, I didn't know you do that. Or they could say, I hadn't thought of asking you. I thought you only did leadership training or sales training or something like that. But now that you know they need help, either you can help them or you can refer them to people who can help them. So your number one source of business or new business is always going to be personal referrals. So build those existing relationships, build the existing ones before you think of starting new ones. So relationship goals, two parts, uh, existing relationships we've just talked about. And the next thing, of course, is new relationships. In episode 61, 
of the podcast, we had the wonderful Ken Blanchard on the show. And Ken is the co-creator of something called Situation Leadership. In fact, he's the creator of Situation Leadership 2. And he's the author of The One Minute Manager and is probably, uh, at the time of recording, one of the best-selling authors of all time in the motivational space. Easily, easily. Wonderful guy. Huge expertise. Huge number of people who follow Ken online, buy his books, uh, take his courses. And he's always stressed the importance of your relationships being the one key thing which determine your business success. Your business success is determined by your people's success. So are there connections you need to make in 2020? And can you score them with a revenue target? Where could you meet people like this? Could you go to networking conferences? Can you ask clients you currently have, where can I meet some people just like you? Pluck up your courage and get on stage in front of people like that. Go along and meet them and do that as much as you can in 2020. So that's relationship goals. And the final thing today is your investment goals. And this is two parts as well. Number one, yourself. And number two, your business. So when it comes to investment goals for yourself, are you currently investing in yourself as a leader? Are you reading? Leaders are readers. Do you regularly read books? Do you listen to audiobooks? Do you subscribe to magazines like Forbes or Entrepreneur or Founder Magazine run by Nathan Chan down in Melbourne in Australia? Um, are you right now studying for qualifications? Do you need them? Is it worth the time and investment to have that particular qualification? Are you investing in digital marketing for yourself and for your business or a course like finance for non-financial managers? Are there technology courses you could study? Something which will improve your technical ability in, in areas, excuse me, in areas like online marketing. Um, when it comes to your business, have you perhaps people you could rely upon, uh, outside people, um, outsources, you know, sources of expertise like on Fiverr or Guru or, or Freelancer, Elance. There are lots of sites out there, plenty of people out there in the world. They may not be in your town or city, not even in your country, <clears throat> but they are around and you could leverage their expertise remotely to help you learn things and do things that you cannot do in your training business. Could you perhaps invest in a mentor or a business coach? Could you invest in marketing strategy? Could you invest in online advertising? For example, the person who does my audio is a guy in the UK. The person who does my graphics is a guy in the UK. The person who's helping me with a podcasting strategy is going to be very soon. He might be listening to this. I don't know. Uh, in Australia, uh, the person who will be helping me with Google ads is actually in America. So I don't restrict myself in terms of where people are, because thanks to the internet, we can leverage all kinds of expertise internationally. So are there people you could work with in your training business that are available to you online through a range of sites and you can advertise for them or connect with them and find out if they can help you? Are there skills which you can outsource? That's key. Are there things you need to do? And let's call them income generating activities. The things which, if you don't do them, you don't make money. And are there things that actually it's, it's more profitable and more efficient to get other people to do on your behalf? Okay, so in summary today, we've looked at a couple of questions to ask ourselves. We began with the retrospective. How was 2019 for you? Did you achieve your goals 
Where did your clients come from? Did you lose accounts? Where did your successes come from? Where did your, your revenue come from this year? Um, and do you still like training? Uh, what worked well? What, what goals did you map out at the beginning of this year? Have they paid off? Have you achieved them? Have you measured them? And then we looked at those four headings, revenue goals, which is based upon things like increasing profits and reducing costs. We then looked at marketing goals, which is based upon both offline goals and online goals. We then looked at your relationship goals, which is focused on developing and strengthening existing relationships. And of course, then secondly, creating new relationships. And lastly, today, we looked at investment goals, two parts to that as well. Investing in yourself as a person, as a leader, as an owner of a training business, as a learning and development consultant, as a freelance trainer, as a coach, and of course, then in your business itself. And it's been said by people like Michael Gerber, uh, author of The E-Myth Revisited, great book, which I read again in 2019, that often success comes from working on your business not in your business. So can you free yourself up in 2020 to focus on areas where you are the leader, you are the person who makes the difference, and you can bring in outside help, outside experts, freelancers, to help you in areas where it's perhaps not as profitable if you dedicate your personal time in those particular areas. And for me, it's things like Google Ads. It's just not my area. I know enough to know what I don't know, and I know enough to know when something is good or not so good. I can use, you know, uh, Google's WebKit and, and my WordPress website to understand the basics, but the real nitty gritty stuff, I need people to help me with that. So it's got to be a case of looking yourself in the mirror and saying, am I doing the things which only I can do? Are they the things which generate income? We call them IGAs, income generating activities. Or are they things which, you know what, other people should be doing for me? Am I working in my business or on my business? Great question. So it's something we've done just today in December 2019. And as we look at the exciting year ahead in 2020, it's something I would encourage you to do again, if not in conjunction with me on the show, but something you could do on your own at least twice a year, break down the goals you have for 2020 into milestones per quarter, March, June, September, December, running this exercise on your own with your team and having those goals defined. Defined. How will you measure them? How will you uh, measure not just their achievement, but also the value of achieving them? And then, of course, big thing for me is what's the reward for doing that? Because if you've achieved a goal and your team's achieved a goal, there should be some kind of reward. We are emotive or emotional beings. We all like to believe there is a reward for investing time and effort in something. So my question to you is, do you reward yourself and your team when you achieve goals? What's the kicker to help us to succeed? Because as a training business coach and as a sales coach, I know that salespeople are most motivated when they feel there's actually a payback. It's natural, it's human. So what is the reward in this journey as you look at 2020 ahead? Are there times when you can say, if I achieve this, I'm going to give myself that book, that dress, that that jewelry, that, you know, that holiday. Think of ways to reward yourself and your team because it makes it worthwhile. It makes it exciting. It makes it compelling. Let's start the next decade with the bang. So as we face into 2020, looking back at 2019 this year, let's look forward with excitement and with anticipation. 
So here's to you and the next 10 years of your training business. And if you're not yet in the training business game, time to start. Nothing worse than having the regrets of things you didn't do. They're far more worse than the things you did do. So once again, thank you for your time today. Thank you for tuning in. Um, hi to Angela before I close today. Hi to Angela Holdaway in Sydney from an organization called the Performance Collective. And she wrote a very nice note to me this week to thank me for the podcast and for the shows which are helping her on her, on her training business journey. So Angela, right back at you. Thank you for your listenership. And thank you to you out there listening to the show. It's delightful to know you're here every single week, every single Thursday. And I thank you for your loyalty and for all the contributions you're making either on social media or of course via email. So I welcome and the team welcomes all the contributions that you make in terms of suggestions for the kinds of content you want to have on the show. Because if I know that these kinds of content, these kinds of guests help you with your training business journey, it tells me that this is the kind of stuff I need to bring you more of in 2020. So please keep those emails coming. And we'd love you to leave a rating on iTunes because you know this by now. It helps us to attract the kinds of guests whose expertise can help you in your training business journey. Please check out the podcast every single week on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher and on Spotify. And of course, you can join the conversation on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and so on. We have a fresh episode next Thursday, looking at my calendar. It's going to be the CEO of ConvertKit, and his name is Nathan Barry. If you've not yet started building an email list, it's something you should really do. And we're going to explore in next week's episodes the benefit of building an email list of people who are right for your training programs and coaching programs. And that'll be episode 65 with Nathan Barry from Convert ConvertKit next Thursday, which will be the 12th of December, 2019. So until next week, thank you for your time again this week. Have a wonderful business week. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.